coming in at six foot four, number one, Patty's Playbook. Hey guys, I'm your host Patty, and welcome to Patty's Playbook, the show for all you sports lovers out there. We cover NRL, NBA, NFL, plus many more sports. You can find us on Instagram, at Paddy's Playable. I can hear the sport calling us. Let's dive into this episode, baby. All right, guys. Welcome back to our weekly NRL betting show. As always, top sport. That's why we're here. All the top offers, all the top odds only at top sport. Be on top, top mount, gamble responsibly. It's crucial. But this could be our, I think it's our best. It's going to be our finest episode of the season so far. We're going into round five, but we're pulling apart, as I said last week, the accountability, our overall record. I've broken down all teams, how our record is with them, how they, how they dial up. We didn't do our standard weekly NRL podcast with Sammy J. Unfortunately, she's away this week, up at the hunt, having a good time, whining and dining. So we've got Christian here. We're going to dive for our weekly NRL news as well. Best bets of the week, like usual, our weekly tips and plays. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen, we are 24 hours away from the Masters, Augusta. We've got some hot tips and players. Christian, mate, the co-host, he's here like always. I've never felt better. How are you, brother? Yeah, mate. Um, really, really excited for this uh, episode. I think we finished our last podcast last week and we were already pumped for this one. So um, I really can't wait to get stuck into this. I'm um, getting a lot of good feedback from some people, which is really appreciated. Um, and yeah, let's get right into this one and see how we go this week. Beautiful. Yeah. So accountability, mate. Back-to-back weeks now. We're in the green two units again on the weekend, five from eight. So as promised, rounds one to four, round one, we went four of eight. There was no profit there, no loss there, zero units. Round two, we struggled a bit, unfortunately. That was it. We discussed it last week or two weeks ago, how tough it was. Two of eight, we're minus four units. Round three, we come back in the green. First winning week, five of eight, plus two units. As I said just before, round four, Five of eight again, plus two units. So there's been 32 games for the season. We've hit 16 of them. 50% obviously win percentage. Apart from that round two performance, mate, we're, I think we're going really well. We're starting to dial in, getting an understanding of the, how teams are yeah. going to perform and the systems that we're sticking with. And I'm really, in, I'm feeling good. I guess the best part is, you know, for every win we get, we sort of gain a unit back. So, um, you know, you can afford, and I think this is what we've said all along, like, you know, we're going to have these rounds where we get two of eight, you know, it could be even worse. But it's very easy, as you can see, to claw it back. Like a five of eight, you know, week and you get two units back and you're laughing, you know, 50% at this stage with how this season's going, I'm really happy with. Like, I think, you know, I spoke a little bit about it on our, on our first podcast about, you know, my my sort of earnings over the last two seasons and the percentage that I had isn't too far off this really um, to earn that kind of coin. So if you are doing, you know, following our, our principles and doing what we say and keeping your units consistent, betting on every game, you know, you can't really argue with where you're sitting at the moment. Um, I think we're still both on the $50 unit, which is just sensible. You know, we're probably a while off upping that, but yeah, Let's just hope we can get some more of these minimum five out of eights. And, you know, 50% after, what, four rounds, I'm really sort of happy with. Um, and, yeah, like, 
just keep plugging away and keep grinding. We talk about that grind all the time. It's very, very early. Anything, you know, anything could happen from here. So I'm pretty excited. Yeah. In regards to your comment, couldn't agree more. Everyone's carrying on about how this is the most competitive, closest start to an NRL season in 10 plus years. So I think we're, we're going real good, bro. So. And I think we said too, it could easily be, you know, 20, 20 correct. You know, easy. Well, we've had some, we've been stiffed at a couple, you know, I wouldn't say all of them, but, you know, we've got some horribly wrong. Um, and, you know, I think we've really sort of got to start paying attention and, and backing form rather than, you know, what the matchup itself because form is, you know, tending to be the, the winner in most of these games, I'm feeling. Yep, 100%. So... Having a bet on the footy this week? Top this. Top Sport will give you $2 lines on all AFL, NRL and rugby matches. Plus much, much more. Top that. Visit topsport.com.au. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Gamble responsibly. Mate, I'm going to break down all 16 teams quickly. How we've gone with them. Obviously, we've had, as I said, it's been 32 games, 32 bets. So I'll start from the bottom and work our way up quickly. So the Rabbitohs and Bulldogs, we haven't. For, for the listeners, if they're a bit confused, this is the team to cover the line, whether they're underdogs or favorites, the minus line, the plus line. This is how we're going to handle it. Rabbitohs, Bulldogs, we have not placed a bet on them. So it's zero from zero. If we do over the next month or so, when we, when we touch base on this again, obviously we'll um, pull that apart. But just sorry to butt in there, mate. No, right. I think right. we haven't been those teams because on our first podcast, we had Rabbitohs as the biggest sliders. So obviously we we've naturally stayed clear of them. Um, I think we are on them this week for the first time. But you know that that, that makes perfect sense to me. And Bulldogs, I'm speaking for themselves after last week's results. So yeah, it makes sense why we haven't touched those two teams. But we'll see what eventuates. Hundred percent, mate. Now I'll go to the teams that where we've only had one win on. So the Tigers, we're one from two. The Dragons, we're one from two. The Sea Eagles, we're one from two. The Warriors, we're one from one. The Cowboys, we're one from two. The Sharks, we're one from one. And the Storm, we, we had a laugh about this um, off air during the weekend, mate. We, we started 0-3 with them and we, we've taken the minus every time with Melbourne and we're like, I just know the time we go against them, they're going to shit it in. And what was it, 44-0, 46-0, um, We're one we- from four with Storm. I think we were going against them. Like, I think... Exactly. The start of the week going against them. And yeah, I think we, that was a game time decision. And I, I had that gut feeling that, you know, we had to, we had to jump on the boys and, you know, paid off, mate, paid off. Beautiful. Now, two teams that I did miss is the Knights and the Titans. We're zero from one with them. So we've only had one bet on those teams each and we haven't hit with them. So their they're teams are struggling to find a gauge on, I guess you could say. The Knights have started red hot. A lot of people wouldn't, I guess you could say, expect that. Titans, inconsistent. They've always got to work on their defense. So there's still teams that are, it's tough to gauge. I think with those teams that we're one from one with, that's probably just more being their matchups. Mm-hmm. So we are successful with those one from one teams. I think Sharkies was one of them. Really, like, we'll get into that again. We're really liking what we see out of Cronulla. I feel like I'm just like repeating myself every week with, when we start speaking about those guys. I think we've got to pay attention to that. And then, yeah, just going through those teams that, you know, we're sort of none from or one from. It's just that consistency that those teams are lacking. And we really should probably start to pay attention to that because eventually there's some teams will creep into that blacklist where 
we just go against them every time. Last year, I think Canberra were that team. It's not the case this year. We've ridden them home a couple of times, but <laughs> once anyway, worth two. And yeah, basically really paying attention to these types of teams and which teams sort of become those teams we like to bet on and which we just go against every time. Yep. Now this list, mate, um, after the potty, I'll send it to you and you can crunch your, your footy brain over it and tell me what your, th- your thoughts are as well if we um, are going into round five. So our next group of teams, we'll stick with the Roosters for now. We've bet on them every single round so far. We're two from four, so 50%. And I think we touched a bit. I think we touched base on it last week. Are they going to be a win-loss, win-loss, win-loss? They've got the new halves combo. We haven't played together. The hooker, the spine. Is it going to take time for them or are they going to start to, you know, just start to, to shit it in really? So that's an inter- interesting one. And Broncos and Raiders. We've bet on these teams three times and we're two from three on both those teams. So I think both the Broncos, or one Broncos win was we took plus, one was the minus. The Raiders, as you said, we've had some roller coasters with that side, mate. But yeah, they're, they're decent. Yeah, definitely. I think Broncos are probably going to fall into that middle list after what we saw last week. They're just looking more and more like 2021, which is a shame because, you know, a good NRL comp usually has the Broncos playing well. Um, we haven't seen that in, in a few years now. Roosters, I very much see after last week, you know, probably continuing that form. They just can't, again, I'm repeating myself, but I just can't see this side with the talent they have, the coach that they have, you know, the ethos in that club. I can't see them being that win-loss, win-loss team. They naturally tend to miss the start of seasons and I can really sort of see that last win, you know, catapulting them into that upper echelon of, of teams that we always look to get to get over the line for us. So, yeah, mixed Mixed bag in that lot, I, I can definitely see, you know, those two teams going separate ways and we really, you know, draw the line between them. Beautiful. And as biased as it may, it may sound, ladies and gentlemen, we're Panthers fans. We've bet on them all four times this year so far and we're three from four, 75% win rate. I think it speaks for itself kind of. Um... I guess we're very lucky. <laughs> yeah, it might be a little bit of bias. I can't get rid of it, but... We're very, very lucky that they're the team that they are. Um, it's great to be a Penrith supporter. Uh, there's been some bloody lean years, so no one can sort of, you know, bag us out for wanting to ride them when they're red hot. And I think we're going to see that for many years to come, well, I'm hoping anyway. Yeah. Uh, so that does speak for itself. And, yeah, there might be a little bit of bias, but the results are speaking for themselves. You take 75% every day of the week on every team. So you can't really focus there, I don't think. 100%, mate. If we're cashing in, that, that speaks for itself. So as I said, yeah, every month we'll do this, mate. If you're a listener, get your notepad down, write down a few of you know, the teams we're, we're hitting with. And, um, yeah, I like it. As I said, every month we'll go through the units, our up-down winning percentage, teams, and, yeah, we just got to keep, keep accountable and keep, keep honest to the listeners because, it's as I said last week, it's our most popular podcast at the moment, which I'm loving. So we'll touch base on the news around the league, mate, the news around the league. I want to get your opinion on this because there's some hot topics, and I know you're revved up for it. So I'll, I'll start. The NRLW, obviously, grand final, the Dragons, the Roosters, I think it's great for the game, the women. It's, yeah. it's improving the, the, um, the quality. So, yep, keep your eyes peeled for that this weekend, ladies and gentlemen. Tune in if you get time. Can't wait. Very exciting. So a couple of fellas that I was away with on my work trip over the weekend. I don't know how many years ago it would be, but, you know, it's two, three. Whenever they sort of first started 
getting this, you know, NRLW thing up, you know, up and running. It was really difficult to watch. Like, I'll be honest, it was really difficult to watch. You, you, you wanted to try and get around. I think they only maybe had a state of origin, did they? And then mm-hmm. that was sort of getting aired. And even at that top level, it was like, oh, this is not really that great. I can't, be, that cannot be further from the truth now after what I've seen of it. I, I don't go out of my way to watch it, I'll be honest. But it just appears as though there's a really good level of football getting played by the, the women and it's good to see it's good for the sport i actually think it's overtaken the aflw which is a big thing it's played obviously well it's followed just further you know around australia not just on the eastern seaboard so i really think that's massive they're scoring points they're putting on plays there's big hits oh, it's got man. all people want to see and i just think it's only a matter of time you know i think penrith are even getting a team in there well they, they want to get a team in there if every club can get a female team together there's no reason why it can't thrive and be the next sport probably behind women's soccer for australia oh that's that's how much i'm sort of looking at it um the aflw it just lacks points it's it's scrappy um i think they could probably do with making the field a bit smaller much like women's cricket to make it a bit more entertaining people want to see goals just like they want to see tries you know wickets whatever it might be in the female sport they just want to be entertained the NRLW is given that in spades, you know. Um, some of their stars now are starting to, you know, get their name out there in other areas. You know, Millie Boyle, you know, carved up on that SAS. She's um she's proved that, you know, she can mix it. She's you a know, beast. She's, she's an absolute beast. Like, yeah. with all due, I mean, we can say this about folks, Rob, but, you know, with all due yeah. respect to women, she's a specimen. She looks like, like, I wouldn't run at her. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And then I think you got, uh, is it Sergis? Jess Sergis, uh, yeah. Just, she's another gun. They're getting these like deals now, bro. Like they're getting, they're marketing themselves. You're seeing them on ads for KO and et cetera. Like they're building their, you know, their portfolio up. It's great. And the game, as you well, said, like yeah. the, sorry to bite in, like the game's expanding. There's um, more clubs coming in. I think the payroll is going to go up for certain players, like a certain amount of players, star players. So it's, it's on the right trajectory. Well, yeah. So I was just going to touch on, I think there's more players that are in that elite of the of the comp now there was only like one or two before i think it was brigginshaw and um oh, i think the, the other girl that i'm trying to think of is retired now and moved on anyway you know like it was really only those two women oh that's right it was the sims um oh ruan ruan sims yep sims sister and um they were sort of at the forefront of, of women's rugby league but like, like we're talking about like i think is it tamika upton she's lightning quick and um yeah, it's actually really exciting. Like, I think there's no reason why they couldn't factor more of their games in live. That They don't do them really any justice by putting them on TV at the times that they do. Like, you know, it's obviously very hard around the, the men's game to, to factor them. I think you've got to, you know, maybe whether it's you chuck one in on a Sunday before, on a Channel 9, you know, before the, um, the first game there, I, you know, I don't really know. Yeah. work something there. yeah definitely room for for uh that to expand in our game beautiful Fully support beautiful <laughs> mate yeah this sunday ladies and gentlemen 1 30 p.m tune in channel nine foxtel ko wherever you wherever you watch your rugby league tune in so we roll on to the nrl there's been a bit of a bit of a stink in the media this week regarding not so much the i guess not so much the referees but what they're being told from above and the sin binning mate so to my understanding, to start the first four rounds of the season, there has been 22 sin bins. So we compare that to last year. After four rounds, there was seven. 
We compare that to 2020, the year before, there were six. So essentially, we're talking about a four-time jump, quadruple the amount of sin bins in our game at the moment. And we can talk about it regards to betting. We can talk about it regards to fans and spectators. If it's, it's let me put it this way. My, my comments are, mate, back in the day, you would know if you put someone on his head, you literally coat hanged someone, ripped his head off. Like you're going in the bin. Like you'd pretty much know. Now I'm watching games going up, ref calls a player up, whoever it is, mate. Yeah, you're on report, you're in the bin. And you just don't know. I'm there like, oh, please don't be in the bin. Oh, is it going to be a bin? Is it this? Some you think are, and they're not. Others you're like, nah, he should be sweet. Go to the bin. It's it's a shit show. What are your thoughts? Oh, yeah, okay. your sentiments there, really. Um, it, there's no consistency um, and it hurts betting. It hurts it a lot. When you actually break it down, a 10-minute sin bin is a quarter of the half and an eighth of the game. Oh, I mean, I'm not here to say, oh, I'm some mathematician. <laughs> Bloody obvious, right? But that's big time. That's big time. And it hurts. Like, it hurts teams. And what, what you've got to understand is, for anyone who's played the game, is that if you're playing with 12 men for 10 minutes, that just doesn't affect you for that 10 minutes. You're putting in another man's effort for 10 minutes. You watch majority of the games. It hurts them late on. Mm, fatigue kicks like, them up. You know, teams that have received a sin bin, like points allowed in that final you know, quarter of the game, it'd be very interesting. I, I've never paid attention to it, but I dare say that the, the, the gas in the tank is pretty low or lower than expected in that final, you know, quarter, third of the game because they have had to make up for that, being that player down. I don't mind the crackdown. I really don't. You know, head knocks are a serious thing. Um, you know, even I played the game when head knocks didn't even matter. Like I remember you know, doing the chicken dance a couple of times and just getting told, told to go back on, you know what I mean? And, you know, and that's not even that long. Well, it is probably now, you know, 15 odd years ago, but, you know, we should be paying more attention to the head knocks. I just don't think that thin binning is necessarily the answer. Rather, looking at alternative measures in terms of five-minute thin bins, right? and punishment for contact with the head. Again, we'll touch on it. If Mitchell Barnett's only getting six weeks for doing what he did, what precedent are we setting for the players in terms of punishments for this type of thing? Mm. I'm not surprised that we're getting 22 sin sin bins when a bloke who lifts his elbow only gets six weeks. The risk is worthwhile. It is. Yeah, you're right. Stamp it out. You know, we've touched on AFL too many times in this podcast already, but you're not allowed to strike people anymore in the AFL. And people know that if you strike people, you're going to cop a long time off the field. Mm-hmm. So no one does it. No one does it. Yeah, it creeps in every now and then, but it should be the same. If you want to eliminate head knocks, don't just go, yeah, 10 in the bin, 10 in the bin. It just doesn't solve anything. Mm. And be consistent with it. Is it just a flailing arm? you know, reactionary slap to the face or is it a swinging arm, forearm to the bridge of the nose, you know, causing, you know, serious damage? Mm-hmm. Weigh it up a bit mm. um, and be consistent with it too. The milking doesn't help. I don't know what you think about players milking. Oh, it's fucking um, pathetic, mate. It's pathetic. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it is exactly what it is. Um, very similar to the crusher tackle too. 
it's, you know, we're sort of going a bit off track there with that, but that's another thing that just gets milked. Players stay down. Some teams are told not to stay down. Some teams are. You know, gamesmanship, oh, I don't know. I don't really know if that's the right word either, but it's um, it needs to be addressed in other ways than sin binning. I'm all for it. Give it a five-minute sin bin, you know? Mm. It seems now's the perfect time. If you want to crack down on it, mm. bring in the five-min for head high or contact with the head and leave it to the rest to adjudicate. It mm. may be all of a 10-minute sin bin, but a slap to the face, you know, from a flailing arm reactionary-type movement is not, probably not even worth five minutes. It happens. It's part of the game's contact sport, you know? If you don't like it, I don't know, follow lawn bowls. Yeah, <laughs> go down and have a few beers and play lawn bowls. I agree. Yeah, to, couldn't agree more, mate. I think the main thing for us fans, um, spectators of the sport, lovers of the, the sport, obviously, is just consistency. Consistency is all we want, consistency, and I'll, I'll leave it at that. But we will veer off again because you wanted to touch base briefly on the review system and the challenging that's going on at the moment because there was a few stinkers of howls over the weekend. It's just doesn't make sense. We've got all this technology, and I don't know. Just talk to me, mate. It's, some things are just frustrating. I'll kick it off. I saw an article where they're thinking about putting a chip in the ball or something so we can get this forward pass technology. It's all well and good, but you can't even get use the technology that we currently have right. So why are we... I guess we'll, we'll probably start with that Broncos incident that we spoke about before the podcast, which was... I thought it was a good move by, by the Bronx. You know, they clearly saw an issue that the refs haven't picked up on. So they laid all over the player to get the, the play stopped. Now I've broken it down since then. And I thought they've, they've got part of that right, which is if we get a penalty blown here, the play stopped, we can then go to challenge. However, they backed down because the referee said, you can't challenge the knock on. You can only challenge my decision, which was ruck infringement. Now in hindsight, thinking about that, they should have gone, yeah, we will, because you'll see the knock on, but they backed Hold away sin bit as a result of it. Now, I don't think the answer is you can only challenge the referee's decision because I'll bring it back to my second example, which annoyed the absolute hell out of me because we were on the Knights last week, as much as we are loving the Sharks. I think it was tackle three on about the 30-metre line. I won't get into players because I can't remember. I think it may have been Talakai. Gets up to play the ball, clearly knocks it on. Clearly knocks it on. Mm-hmm. I'm, watching, I'm watching the game on a postage stamp of a TV. I'm six feet deep and I could see that he, he's knocked the ball on. Right? Doesn't get called up. They go on and they score a try. Why isn't the bunker getting in the ref's ear and saying, mate, you've missed something. Next play, stop the ball. Yep, we've got a knock on in the previous ruck. Handover. Mm. Or, better yet, why can't the, the captain of the um, Knights go, ref, you missed the knock on. Stop play. Yep. I don't understand why that can't happen. Why does it have to be the referee's decision? I agree. One challenge. So it's not going to happen too much, Mm. right? Like if they get it wrong, they can't do it again. So it doesn't matter. You know, you're not going to have this issue. Everyone's worried about the flow and the stop start and all this stuff. They only get one challenge. It's not, you know, they don't get five. Mm. You know, it's not going to be a, you know, continuing trend. And who cares if they, if they keep their challenge because they keep getting it right. Well then who's the beneficiary? Everyone. Yeah. It's the right course. You know, the, yeah. The game, you know, the results become more consistent. I just, yeah, I just think the NRL have got a lot to look at with this. And, um, you know, it does affect, it has affected our bets, really. Mm. So that's, as the punter, as the lover of the game, it does sort of annoy you is, you know, these consistencies 
and it's not just this year, it's every year, you know, with the referees. And I don't want to harp on the referees because it is a tough job and I couldn't probably do it any better than what they are. But I just think you've got this technology and you sort of put things and, and systems in place that don't allow the players to take advantage of it or themselves. And then you'll be sitting there and, you know, there'll be a, let's t- take a drop, um, you know, line dropout will be ruled. And then all of a sudden the bunker gets in the ref's ear and goes, no, nah, mate, it's a 20-metre tap. You're yeah. like, well, you just did Why aren't you doing it all over the field? Like, why are you only sometimes? That's yep. another thing. You know, that's a, it's just inconsistency all the time, you know? And then you want to talk about we're going to start, you know, bringing in forward pass technology and, like, it, yeah, I hate to, I'm going to hate to see if that comes in because, you know, I liken it to the offside rulings in Premier League and stuff like that with the VAR. So, Good luck if they want to bring that in because we're going to be talking about this for years and years to come. Yeah, I agree. Like to your point, like say if Talakai knocked it on, say a Knights player, the captain wanted to challenge it. What's to say that he challenges like, ref, I want to challenge it. They make that, that next play happens. He gets tackled the next Sharks play. Let's say it's for feeder that gets tackled, calls time off, bang. Or even to question that if people are like, oh, what happens if they score? They score when the guy's going up to the, the bunker, um, Knights captain will go over, mate, I really want to challenge that play before. Can you just check that? Done. All in, one, all in one, re- reverse the tape, 30 seconds extra. Yeah, mate, we've got a knock on there. Don't even look at the try. Bob's your uncle, Fanny's your aunt. We move on. Mate, couldn't, couldn't have said it better. Couldn't have said it better. I don't understand why they've put in this system where, oh, no, mate, that was in the last ruck. You can't challenge it. What, what do you mean? What, what, what are you talking about? Like, you know, oh, that was in the last ruck. But when we're checking a try and only the grounding of the try, we'll go back. Play the, why are you going back to the play the ball? Yeah. You've cleared everything we've got an obstruction here or we've got this there or whatever it might be. That wasn't an issue. You wanted to check the grounding. Yeah. Like go upstairs for what you actually want to mm. and back the referees. I think you'll see a much, much better even game in terms of consistency with them. If you go and just check the things that they want to be checked or mm. that the captain wants to have checked, you will see much more consistent results. You won't see, you know, um, any players, you know, getting wound up, any referees losing, essentially losing grasp of the game, which you see happen a lot. One, one error from the referees frustrates the players. Next minute you've got an all-in, black sent for the sin bin. I've seen it so many times. It's a mm. snowballing. Yeah, mate, it's, it's a passionate thing that I've got. You know, it's not the first time that this has sort of reared its head. And, yeah, I just think, you know, Vlandy's or whoever it is that's going to be making these calls need to make them soon because 22 sin bins in four rounds is absolutely ridiculous let's be honest mad dog only played for three of those so it could possibly be worse (laughs) (laughs) i love it mate we'll end the um we'll end the referee stuff as you said we don't want to come in here every week and and bang the refs up and and crucify them but i just thought it was we needed to touch base on that because it's interesting the way the league's gonna you know handle the rest of this season and right let's talk some positivity rugby league there's been rumors over the weekend, speculation that Kalen Ponga was going to have a meeting with Wayne Bennett. Apparently that's come out and said Kalen Ponga was the one that wanted that meeting. It's, it's very your side, my side. No, I did this, you did that. But the rumors are now Kalen Ponga set to stay in Newcastle, re-sign for $1.1 million a year, a season. Do you like it? Do you think he's worth that much money? Talk to me. Thoughts on the whole situation? Kalen Ponga over the course of his career is worth that amount of money, but Kalen Ponga for the start of this season isn't. That makes any sort of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have thought he was red hot to go to the Dolphins, to be honest. Probably should. But I'm happy for the Knights if they manage to keep their star man. 
Um, they might, they could potentially be building to something. I'm not too sure anymore. I think we've we've seen the silver lining already with Clune and Clifford, and they probably aren't the answer. I hope they prove me wrong again, and I would be happy for them to prove me wrong. I just, yeah, I just think Ponga, you know, he's probably run his course at nights. They've probably had better teams in the past, despite the results. They've got some good stuff happening in their outside backs, but after his first sort of performances, his injuries, do you really want to be chucking 1.1 million at him when your club isn't actually firing? Mm. You know, yeah, he's probably going to be the Queensland fullback for mm-hmm. sure. Alan Ponger, his best is damaging and probably one of the best players in the league. I just think with the issues that are going on at the Knights, well, not issues, but with the, the recruitment stuff going on at the Knights, could you possibly spend that 1.1 maybe? elsewhere and pick up a better half and mm-hmm. you know you look at sort of other teams and you know i'll use dylan edwards for an example at the panthers like yeah he's putting out some big numbers and all that stuff but you talk about premier fullbacks yeah he's top five but he's not gonna he's not an x-factor fullback so why couldn't you take a bit of that mold and you know i don't know there's probably not that many halfbacks out there or five eights that you could chuck some coin at but you've got tex hoy waiting there in the wings he's just a name that's come off the top of my head Mm-hmm. Why could he fill a, fill a role for you there, and you could spread the money elsewhere? I'm just sort of playing devil's advocate with the Ponga thing, but um, I agree. I, I don't know. I don't know what what the answer is for Kalen Ponga. Me personally, if I had to make a decision, I would say go to the Dolphins. My opinion, I guess, I tend to agree. I think people are a bit harsh on him, but I I totally understand. This comes with the big pay pay packets. I totally get that. Let's give him another. In my opinion, let's just give him another month just to see. If he's going to stay or not, it doesn't matter. Just to suss out his performance and see how it goes. I think he's still carrying an injury. I think the new halves, like that game on the weekend, the Friday night game, they did not connect. There was no chemistry between the halves and the spine and Ponga. It was disgusting. We can, we can get to that later. There was nothing there in attack. So maybe give him another two, three weeks to see if that gels. But if not, I, I totally understand why people, you know, give it, give it to him. Oh, he's overrated. He's overrated. As you said, he'll be the Queensland fullback. I think... There's a handful of players in this league that can turn a game on its head. And when he's on, as you said, he's very, very damaging and tough to start. I don't why it's going to afford to give it that long, unfortunately. I agree with what you're saying because there you go. look who he goes into Queensland camp with, Kafusi. You can't tell me Kafusi, who just signed with the Dolphins, you know, isn't going to be like, hey, come, come over. Or Munster, who we'll touch on next. Hey, Kalen. I'll do it if you do. You can't tell me that those things, you know, that the players don't want to try and build an empire and particularly they've got this opportunity under Wayne Bennett at the Dolphins who could potentially hit the ground running. They could. With, what they, with the signings they've made so far, yeah, there's a lot more to come. We need a lot more players than what they have, but mm-hmm. they're building nicely. All of a sudden, Munster signs. Kalen may be thinking, hold on a second here. I can probably work with him. I've done it in origin. I just, I think Knights have, they've probably got until then just to get this deal over the line because, yeah, I just think there's a lot of players that he's going to have in his year come that origin camp time and he's going to probably second guess it. And oh. Dolphins are in that realm, are going to be able to offer him money in that realm. So, yep. Well, mate, you, you brought up a name just before, Cameron Munster. The Melbourne Storm have just re-signed. Well, Pappy's already apparently been locked up, but over the weekend they re-signed Harry Grant, Jerome Hughes and Xavier Coates. So I think we might have touched base. We've talked about it off air anyway. Essentially, Cameron Munster, we know what happened in the offseason. I think Melbourne Storm are using this 
giving him an extra lifeline, like using this as leverage against him, take a pay cut, stay with us. He's still got one more year on his deal next year, but the rumors are Dolphins are interested past 2024. What do you reckon? Is, is he staying for the pay cut? Does he want to stay there? Top four Brems or back home, family, Queensland, give me 1.2, give me 1.3. Yeah, I think, um, I think he's going because he would have been in that crop to be announced. Um, they would have, if they wanted him, they would have made all their deals across their spine, which they have, except decline what it might be. I'm reading between the lines. I think Munster has been shown a deal by the, by the storm and he's declined. Um, he reportedly, owes sorry to butt in, reportedly about 200K less a year. Yeah. Yeah. Substantial. I mean, I'd, I'd probably still take either, but substantial <laughs> right. Um, I just, yeah, I honestly think where the smoke is fire, I think he has been offered a contract being 200K less and he's politely declined and probably kept it under wraps because I think he owes the Storm a hell of a lot. They've won a lot of premierships. They've made Cam Munster who he is. Um, yeah, he's been a bit of a rat bag off the field. I don't really like getting into all that stuff, but definitely see his relationship with Craig Bellamy having enough respect to, to keep this under wraps. And I reckon he'll just quietly sign with the Dolphins and I wouldn't be surprised if it, you know, if that bombshell was to come out and he was to cut it short at Melbourne and, and, um, do you reckon Melbourne would let that happen? Do you reckon Melbourne would let that happen? Well, you look at sort of their, their system over there and, and, you know, how they operate. I sort of look at the situation being the Dolphins are starting the new, the new franchise up there. Why would you want your marquee player to come in, you know, year two? Yeah, true. I talk, the guy that you do your marketing around, everything like that, you know, obviously it's not going to, it's going to come at a price um, and Melbourne will want to be handsomely, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, they'll want to be obviously pay, paid something with regards to letting him go a year early. But you'd think if he's going to sign with the Dolphins, he's got to go next year. Mm. How I look at it, I mean, they may want to be patient. They may want to be patient, but yeah, because they don't have that marquee signing yet. So I'm sort of looking at it like we need someone to kick this franchise off, get fans around it, get people to you know through the gates out at Redcliffe. And at the moment, we don't have that. So I can't, I can't see if he does go to the Dolphins, I can't see why it would be at the completion of his storm contract. That makes sense for me. I think my last comments are the Melbourne system, you're right, if he goes next year, the Melbourne system, they, they breed in a new half, a young half. They go on the market, get a young half who they believe in. They think they can develop him as they always do. Craig Bellamy, arguably the best player developer ever. And they, they've lost all these forwards, mate. Kafusi, Bromwich brothers. They can go into the forwards. All right, let's get another front rower. Let's get an edge back rower. You know, it tightens up. They've got the spine. The spine's locked in. We don't have to question that. They can tighten up the rest of their squad. So it makes sense as well. And just on that too. So Tarek Sims was rumoured. There we Is go. He, did he... He's not going to want small coin. Um, Cooper Johns could maybe they, – they, he seems to be well-liked around, around that um, camp. So, you know, a bit of a larrikin, much like his old man and stuff like that. And I think he's he could be the answer. I mean, I haven't seen much of the kid, and I don't think he lives up to the last name as hard as that might be. But, again, you spoke about it, mate. They, they, they tend to pick players on character um, and, and run it from there. Um, I, th- I even think that line was sort of used over the weekend by one of the commentators. You know, they don't pick on talent. They pick on your character. They've got their their army um, their army camps, you know, their work placement up there. 
they they let you know that there's life beyond footy, and if you want to be part of this, you've got to offer us more. And Munster, unfortunately, doesn't tick those boxes for him anymore. Yeah, I think I was hearing the other day. My last comments, and we'll move, we'll move on, bro. I think an ex Melbourne player podcast I was listening to, he said you go there and they make your life that easy. You just have to go in, give 100% effort, give it your best, and you'll thrive. You'll reap the rewards. We're going to put you in the best situations, make everything possible. You just have to give us your best. Yes, they're on a good thing. They really are. Two more, two more topics and questions I want to quickly throw at you, mate, and we'll move on to our best bets of the week and get the betting show started. Reportedly, Daily Cherry Evans has re-signed with Manly for two years. I, we actually haven't really talked about, I don't know what your thoughts are on him. He was on the, obviously that monster deal, I believe, that went up. He signed for 10 years. It went up with the cap as the cap increased. Obviously, he's taken a pay cut. Um, do you like the re-signing? There's not many halves on the market. Just, yeah. You've got to make him sort of your one club man. Cherry's deserved it. You know, he's won a couple of premierships. Um, a couple or one? couple? One, 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 yeah. I think. One? Yeah. Yep. He, he's done his role and there's just no one else out there. He knows the system. He knows mainly inside out. Yeah, he's definitely one of their own. And it's good to see, I think, for them. And you'll see out his career at Manly. Beautiful, mate. Couldn't agree more. The last question. We saw the bust-up video in the media over the, during the week with Payne Haas and that. I don't want to go down that alley. Make of it what you want. But the rumors are circulating. You know, his manager's pushing for a new deal and extension. Christian, is Payne Haas worth $1 million? No, <laughs> no. Straight, that's no. the point, no? No, he's not. No, no front row is worth that. Okay. Uh, look at the best teams in the comp. Are they paying their forwards $1.1 million? No. Yeah, exactly. Arguably the hardest position, you know, physically in the game, but it's still not worth that. Um, any team that takes him on for that kind of money is going to be severely lacking elsewhere. We look at the best props in the game, Jesse Bromwich, Fisher-Harris, um, Josh Papali. You know, they're, not, they're on half that. Yeah, AFB, they're on half, 400K less than that. So it's he's not worth that. From what I've seen with him off field, you know, I don't like touching on it, but we'll just glance on that. He's a, he's a pig and you don't, you don't need that. It'd want to, if, he, if some club's willing to pay him that, it'd want to come with some pretty harsh stipulations because he's been in the media for some pretty unflattering things. And to demand that money, you've got to be on top of you on top of yourself pretty, pretty much. So, yeah, I don't know really what I've got to say on Payne Haas. Unbelievable player on the field. Can turn a game on its head through the middle. Dominate any forward in the game. But he's not worth $1.1 million. I think it's fascinating how this video, apparently it came from, from round two when they beat the Bulldogs in Sydney outside of pub. I think it's fascinating how this comes out when the heat turns off about his contract negotiations. It's like, the you know, sport's very yeah. corrupt, mate. You, you hold this video in the back pocket. Oh, you want a million? Cop this, bruh. Well, just on that too, these managers and the NRL need to get some sanctions going. Not the managers, sorry, the NRL over these managers. They need to get some sanctions going. We need a clear month trade window where it's basically illegal in the game to talk to players outside of this. this, Like We just have a moving month. Nominate any month. I don't care where it is, where you can only talk to players and get contracts signed up. Stop these managers and whoever else is involved pulling the strings on the game because, like you said, everyone keeps this in the back pocket. Oh, yeah, here you go, blah, blah, blah. Maybe Payne Haas wants out. So, you know, okay, we'll leak this now and the Broncos won't want you and you can go. They'll let you go early. How about we do that, you know? I look at the Burton situation. Sign this contract, mate. You won't get any better. No, 
you will, you'll win a premiership with Penrith <laughs> and the 200K more. Yeah. Like, it needs to, it, like, you know, this whole, oh, your deal's not even up yet, but we'll, we'll sign with someone else. It just makes no sense. It doesn't really happen in any other sport. It needs to be clear cut. And yeah, like you said, mate, you, you know, you sort of brought that to mind with, with the whole corruption thing. I think there is a little bit of it alive and well in the, in the dark underbelly of the sport. And um, it's funny, like you said, how these things just tend to come out when players are, sorting deals or whatever and he was rumored to go to the bulldogs i don't know where they're getting their money from i guess my i just want to my last comment very last comment mate and we'll move on to our betting show it's fascinating we saw this about six seven eight weeks ago with jerome hughes manager no he's not going to take his extension he wants a bigger deal he wants this what happened on the weekend bang he's with melbourne i think it's four or five years yeah 900k a year anyway that's yeah couldn't agree more all right it's time ladies and gentlemen Jump on board, go against us, follow along. Top Sport, our NRL betting show. I actually haven't plugged this in, but if you want to sign up with Top Sport, use the promo code Playbook, P-L-A-Y-B-O-O-K, Playbook. All the top offers, all the top odds. We don't have to say no more. Please gamble responsibly. So I liked your analogy before off air, mate. This best bet of the week, we've got like a little top four analogy, our little top four analogy. So... $2.05, we've just gone four teams to win head-to-head. Parramatta Eels, the Cronulla Sharks, Penrith Panthers, and the Melbourne Storm, all head-to-head. Do you have any comments on that, or it's pretty straightforward in your your opinion? We just wanted to get back to to basics and build the kitty. We went a bit exotic last week. We just want to keep building that kitty because we've got some big players coming up. Yeah, I think we said this is sort of our top four at this point in the season. Obviously, probably the Eels or Sharks just edging out the, the Roosters. They've shown a little bit of inconsistency there. They're probably our fifth team at the point at this point. But this is sort of our, as it stands, top four uh, multi that we've decided to, you know, sort of back what we're saying on the podcast and really, really try and um, get it and get another one over the line. You know, just over two bucks, so you're doubling up. It's, um, yeah, I really like it. Love it, mate. Should we um should we rip in, pull her apart round five? Let's go. All right. Thursday night, the Newcastle Knight host the Manly Seagulls. Tommy Turboless. What what do we got here, mate? I think the line's at sorry, I'll just bring up top sport. The line's at um 1.5, is it? Yeah, so Manly have actually got the start here. Obviously, no turbo. The bookies are running scared. They've obviously forgotten the last season. Manly were managing to get it done pretty much without him. I do think there's bonuses here. I did predict, I think I said to you, that Cooler probably slides into fullback. Correct. You know, there's a saying that speed is king and he's got it in spades. I really think that unknown factor about him could prove, you know, some problems for, for the Knights who appear to be unfortunately sliding. I Yeah, so I'm not putting much weight on the turbo loss. Um, as big as he is for Manly. I, I do think that Manly, you know, over sort of the last season and the start of this season, despite their form this season, they've, they've got some strength elsewhere on the park. You know, Cherry Evans and for, Foreign, Croak is now doing a role, some big outside forwards. They've got some other options now. It's not just turn to Turbo and, and you know, try and get behind him. So merely a plus one and a half. I don't think you can after last week's performance here, yeah, Turbo was there, I know. But after last week's performance, I really like it. Um, 
as I said, Ponga's performance for the Knights was horrible. They were disjointed. I think Clune and Clifford, you know, have been good, but they're probably getting exposed a little bit. So I just think there's just money there for, for Manly on the plus. Love it. Hopefully that can blow out a bit, you know, Knights come in and... Yeah, exactly. Plus 2.5 would be gorgeous. Friday night, 6 p.m., Morton Daly Stadium. The New Zealand Warriors host the North Queensland Cowboys. And we haven't talked about these tips until now. So you're, you're surprising me and you're surprising the listeners, brother. So what are we going with here? <laughs> <laughs> um, this is basically head-to-head. I think yeah. the Warriors, um, 0.5 start. So, I mean, if you want the 10 cents more value, jump on the... Sorry, no, they don't have the start. They're giving away the start to the... Um, the Cowboys at minus 0.5. So if you want to take the Warriors head to head or jump on that line, you're really getting the same thing. There's 10 cent difference, I believe. So that's, I'll leave that one up to, you know, th- that'll be game day anyway. It'll be a late mail. We always say it, watch it. I think Cowboys are on that slide, much like the Knights. They're, you know, we touched on it. Team, it's starting to pan out a lot more how we expected. Some teams just missed the start, some teams started hot. A um, little bit of inconsistency there, but I think after last week's results and stuff, we're going to start seeing some more, you know, even even playing fields across the the um, matchups. SJ is massive. He's back. They just look a bit more in control, the Warriors, for me, last week. There's that experience that, you know, he clearly brings to the side. Yeah, like I said, Cowboys. Dearden's really surprising me. He's taking on the line. I think they've got Drawer at fullback this, this round, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, he offers... He offers plenty. So, yeah, definitely going to be a close game. I'm only worried the fact that if the fact of the Cowboys rocking up and playing how they have played in some of the matches, and, again, that's that trust issues that we have with some of the teams at the moment. But, yeah, I just think SJ, he just gets them over the line. I agree. I'll add my two cents. I think I trust the Warriors attack more. SJ, Reese Walsh, etc. I know Adam Fenua Blake's out or he's named on the extended bench. That could be a suss out if he comes in. Obviously, leave it to game time. I think he's most likely going to miss this clash. But I think to the start of the year, I kind of trust the Cowboys' defense a bit more. It's a really fucking tough game. So I, it's a late mail. As always, it's a late mail. I Cowboys defensively better. Warriors attacking probably better. So And they're rolling the Warriors. Yeah, exactly. 8 o'clock game on Friday night. The Brisbane Broncos at Suncorp host the Sydney Roosters, mate. The line is at 13.5. I think you've just got to really, like we said, sticking true to our word here, we've got to back the form rather than the matchup, and it's all with the Roosters. We've touched on it just, just before. There's big dramas off the field. Uh, well, we won't call them big dramas, but there's dramas off the field. I do like the fact for the Broncos that Walters has moved back into 5'8". I do think he's the better option there. I think he's more even keel. Um, he's going to complement Reynolds probably a little bit more. They'll probably have a few more options outside of the park, uh, on both sides of the park. The Stags needs to get involved more. I think I made a comment during last week. I think Broncos could have won last week. I really do. Oates had some decent looks and just he bottled a couple of them. Some of them were more difficult than others. I think there was one point there where all he needed to do was catch the ball and pass it back down to Herbie Farnworth and it probably would have been, you know, a try. With that said, Roosters are just back again. I've, I feel like this is the second time we've said it since we started, but the Roosters look like they're, they're firing and I just don't see them making the same mistake and falling back into their old ways, you know, again. I don't want to rehash on the Trent Robertson stuff and what goes on at the Roosters, but it's pretty obvious. And, um, yeah, I think Roosters at minus 13.5, which is pretty big. Um, I think they'll be able to do it easy. Manu, 
looks back in form too. Mm-hmm. Um, can't leave out big Joey. He looks like he's uh, finding his his feet again after his little knock, which probably played some um, head noises early on. Um, you know, he carved up last week. So, yeah, I'm all over the roosters there, mate. Beautiful, yeah. I think Brisbane's defence has been atrocious the last fortnight of football. We roll on to Saturday afternoon, a clash over the years that's been very up and down, like back and forth. They've got a real grudge match mentality, these two sides. The Canberra Raiders host the Melbourne Storm. The line is at 13.5. It's a bit tricky, but it's going to be a great match nonetheless. I want to touch on one thing in this game. Happy, is he your origin 14? All right. Uh, you've just blown my brain apart. I, oh, we, we all know after that grand final win against Penrith from 2020, essentially he was locked in. Everyone was saying, you're going to wear 14 for the Blues. Magic round, gets his absolutely melon. Ripped off, unfortunately. Took him months to recover. He might only be getting back to his, his full strides now. He's phenomenal. Yep, yep. Maybe it's biased, but I love hot boy Nico Hines. I think maybe in origin he's more... I don't know, bro. He can play fullback. If someone cops a bump in the halves, put him at center. He's played like for Melbourne in the, that, not a 13 role, but just in the middle, like make, you know, come in the middle 10 minutes, make your tackles. Yep. Yep. I think both are well-deserved. I, I wouldn't be disheartened either way you go. What, what are your thoughts? Oh, man, I like that call. I, I wasn't expecting him. Well, I hadn't really even thought of Hines as much as we're, we're sort of jumping on him. Um, I like either option there. I just, I know I was only the Bulldogs, but geez, he mm. happy looked. Very dangerous, like more dangerous than Teddy's looked, but Teddy's record speaks for himself. He's not, that's the first bike picked. Yeah, I just, in my notes here, I just had it and I thought I might throw the question out to you because he looks like he's on, he's on one. Mm. And it, I think that the train keeps on rolling this week and I've gone the Storm minus 13.5 against our boys. Almost become our second team, mm-hmm. um, the Raid. <laughs> I just, after last week, they disappointing. You know, Jackie boy, he just, you know, he tries so hard and sometimes the boys just don't want to get around him. It's a um, one-man show at the moment with him. It is. You know, it is. He's probably the only been the only consistent one out of all of them. And, yeah, I just think Storm looks scary at the moment. And the defense was just showing up. And, again, I know it was only the Bulldogs, but the Bulldogs looked like they were going to score a couple of times there and they didn't. And, yeah, I just think when Melbourne get in this mood, um, the 13.5 is at serious risk. And, again, staying true to what we have been talking about, we're going on form here. The form is all with Melbourne. It's going to be a tight one. I don't want to see that get any bigger, really. I agree. At the moment, we're sort of, yeah, it's, it's, it's a three-try buffer, really, isn't it? Pre-converted try buffer, so it's a big ask. But I think you know, with Pappy in the mood that he's in, all the boys have re-signed contracts. It was the first look we had at Melbourne with Grant starting, Cheese off the bench, Jerome Munster, Pappy. The spine was there. Mm-hmm. Um, Oates, you know, looking like he's going to start scoring some some tries. So uh, yeah, I'm all over the storm there, mate. To the Pappy thing, I agree. Like he could come on at 14, bro, and fill in as a six or as fullback. I guess you've got the Latrell and Turbo there, they can play fullback. They could go on the wing. He could go, like, there's a lot of movement. So I can't wait. Well, I reckon over the next fortnight, we can start to gauge maybe our origin teams and we'll, we'll pull that apart for sure. Yeah, definitely, mate. 5.30 Saturday, the South Sydney Rabbitohs host the St. George Illawarra Dragons. I've got the line here at 9.5. On South Sydney, mate. Yep, um, like it. Really got sort of let down by the last minute moves by Griffin. I didn't mind. 
I guess I could probably see why they moved Bird to six, just probably defensively shore some things up. He probably thought, you know, the lot, their outside backs and outside forwards are probably going to throw a little bit at him. And to have a bigger body there, you know, more defensively minded, it, it made sense to me. But what really didn't make sense to me was starting M by a fullback. Sloan is your X factor. Yeah, I don't get like, it either. Like, you know, and you saw it in the result. Yeah, just no, no they had nothing in attack. Well, they did, but, you know, they could have had more and it probably would have kept us in the game a little bit more because I think we were on the plus there and they just got blown out of the park. Like, the defence was horrible. I don't think the scoreline was probably indicative of actually, you know, how the game was played out. It did blow out quite a bit against the Eels. There were some freakish tries in there as well, Para. We'll get to them yeah. next, but, yeah. I want to touch on a player who I think, you know, if – you didn't have Luttrell and Turbo playing out of position in origin. He'd be an absolute shoe in his low max. I think he deserves a little bit more. He's, got, he's developed this, like, flick pass that's Gidley-esque. Mm. And it <laughs> demands respect from that winger all the time. He's a big boy. He can get on the outside of players with relative ease. You know, he gave Ravalawa a couple of looks, and if, he's, if he didn't have hands like feet, he would have scored probably more tries. But... um. Big Ravo, yeah. he's bloody rocks and diamonds, mate. <laughs> he's on top of the world, and then the next week he's struggling, unfortunately. Austin throw, you choose what he what he gives. Yeah. Um, Penrith were a class above everyone bar Melbourne in the comp at the moment, and you, you know South, they made a game of it somewhat. I mean, yes and no. I guess they Penrith really did it easily. Scored basically in the first look they had. We'll get into Penrith a bit later, but you know. I'm not really reading too much into that game. I think still the forms with Souths there after what I saw against um, Penrith and then what I saw the Dragons produce against the Eels. So I haven't seen, I'll be honest, I haven't seen that side yet. Is Sloan back at fullback? Do we know? Mate, I can tell you right now. Surely. Live and exclusive teams. Oh, fuck me. Mumbai. So he's stuck with, you mean to tell me that he's stuck with the team that just got pounded, pounded, what was it, 48 to 14? Mate, I'm going to tell you right now, he's stuck with the same team. He's got Jack Bird at six. Sewer is back from that suspension. But all right, I, I just want to pull this apart for a sec. I don't get the Sloan thing. I, I, well, he's put him in reserve grade. You've dropped him, fair enough. But you've got Amon here, this young six who's got fantastic footwork and he needs time to develop. What is the point last Sunday night against Para putting him on the bench playing 12 minutes? Put him in a reserve grade, let him play 80, let him get his confidence, let him thrive. Then get him back in the team in a week, two weeks, whatever your goals are. How do you think the team's, you know, going to best benefit from that? I don't get it. Understood, mate. I completely agree with what you're saying. I completely agree. It makes absolutely no sense. All it does is dents his confidence. Either you put him in reserve grade and say, I don't want you to pass the ball at all. I want you to find that footwork that we all know you have. And then... I want you to carve up and reserve grade for a couple of weeks and then I'm going to bring you back and you're going to do the same thing in first grade. Mm. That's building confidence. Building confidence isn't put the jacket on, mate, and watch the boys out there playing when you should be and I'll give you 12 minutes when you're probably half cold and, you, and you, know, you can't do what you do best, which is running the football. It just makes no sense. I cannot believe they have picked the same team that looked horrible compared to previous performances against a better side, in, well, probably not a better side at the moment, but a potentially more dangerous side in Souths. Latrell is going to have a field day. Latrell is going to have an absolute field day. Cam Murray is going to have an absolute field day. 
Do, I'll, you know, I'll go out on the limb. If you want to chuck a chuck a bet on that game, Cam Murray to score anytime. Dumb. He's going to go over. He's going to go over. Yeah. It's just, and I'm, you know, that line could now be at 14 and a half and I'd take it. That's ridiculous. They're asking to lose. Yeah, to top that off, mate, Amon's named on the bench at 14. Sloan is wearing the 21 jersey, extended bench. Who knows? It might be mind games. I just, yeah, I, let's just wait to the kickoff, but it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It was working. Like, by coming off at 14, you know, he gives you that coverage. He comes in, you can play that dual hooker role. McCulloch, you know, come back from injury early. I don't understand the late change. I, I sort of understood Jack Bird to, to 5'8". Worried. I, I'm rehashing myself, but... Oh, mate, I'm glad you're, you're as angry at it as I am because, you know, I think we've touched on it before. You know, everyone blowing up that there's no halves in the comp. Well, how about you look and see what's getting done to the halves in the comp? Amone is first-rate quality. We know this. We've seen how damaging he is. Why is he getting dropped? You're not going to win the premiership this year. Sorry, Dragons fans. You're not going to win the premiership this year. How about you start building to something, you know? Pick and stick, uh, I agree. I agree, mate. Frustrating. Poor Dragons fans, but we'll see what they can do this week. 7.35, Saturday night, Seabus Super Stadium. The Gold Coast Titans host the Parramatta Eels. The line here is at 7.5, and I, I don't know what your, your pick's going to be, but I'm assuming, I'm guessing it's the Eels that are going to make a, a bounce back a statement here, mate. Yeah, I don't think the Eels are going to be too happy about last um, time out. So, revenge is on the card. Um, Moses and Brown. <sighs> I've been looking forward to talking about this because far away, far away. I'm pretty quick to bag out Moses in particular. I like what Brown offers. I like him defensively. Obviously, when you break down his stats, he hasn't been there producing what a five-eight first grade should be. But you know, he's another one with great footwork, and they've just they've taken this on by the horns. Moses' kicking game was probably up there with one of the best kicking games of like performances in one game that I've seen. He just tortured the back three. Absolutely tortured the back three of um, St. George. And, I mean, they probably, after what we spoke about, asked for it anyway. And, he, you know, credit to them. Um, I've always spoken about momentum halves. At least Moses and Brown were, were there. If their forwards are getting bashed through the middle, you know, they tend to go missing. But it's not doesn't appear to be happening this year as much. Moses is really, you know, really sort of having a, a say in the game regardless of what's going on. They aren't going sideways too early in the match. They're demanding that respect through the middle. And that's credit to their forwards as well. I think Regan, Regan Campbell-Gillard's finding some, you know, that form that got him in the origin camp. You've got Papali, who's just getting better and better. Sean Lane, Brown, Paulo. You've got Madison coming off the bench now. Reed Marnie, he's there. Um, yeah, the kicking game really stood out to me there. But again, I'm not surprised now that I think about it because, you know, I think the St. George really asked for that to happen and it happened. So again, much like the storm for this one, I think it keeps rolling and the Titans just aren't really producing enough for me. I think Fafita's lazy, you know, he's not getting his hands on the ball enough. There are plenty of players there that are, um, are doing a role. I think Brimson's trying hard, Brian Kelly, Philip Sammy, Herbert, really like those three guys. Yeah. I just, I just think power are going to keep the ball rolling. And again, this is another form pick for me. I like it. I've said it. I've said it for the last month with the Titans. I just don't like their spine right now. They're young. They need to stick together. But to the Eels, mate, couldn't agree more. I've been harsh on them, but I had to. I had to rub my eyes because I thought Brad Fittler came out of retirement on Sunday night, mate. Dylan Brown, that big left straight through, <laughs> hot knife through butter. Holy fuck! Where has this been? Uh, Sensational. Yeah, yeah, I agree, mate. And they and it was like you knew it was coming. 
and it kept on happening. So, Dang. yeah, man, every time, mate. I couldn't agree more to watch. Love oh, Freddie, love it. Beautiful. Sunday, two games to go. We'll wrap it up, and we've got some Masters chat to go. So, the Cronulla Shark hosts the West Tigers. The line here, they're starting to blow up these lines. 17.5 at the moment. It's a tricky one. Oh. No, this is going to be a big caveat. Watch the late mail. Tigers plus 17.5 here. I like the Sharks. I really do. But are they at that level where I can comfortably say that they will make up a three converted try deficit? Probably not. The Tigers are spoon favourites. They've got massive issues going on there. I just, yeah. The Sharks are. What's going on at the Sharks is... Great to watch. Um, obviously, we're big fanboys of, of Nico. Really getting around him. Um, they're forwards. It's like Finucane's come there and said, this is how we fucking do shit. And follow me. That's probably summed up by the fact Tolman comes on in his 300th game or whatever it is and just yeah. bash over the line for a try. You know, that's the kind of mentality that's going on there. And it seems as though the personalities that were once sort of dominating that that club being for feeder and that are taking a back seat, which is good to see because that bloke's an absolute grub. And um, yeah, I just think the Fitzgibbon mentality that he's that he's basically watched for all of his coaching career until now at the Roosters is really coming out. Yeah, I know I'm speaking very highly of the Sharks, but I just don't think they're at that plus 17 and a half quality yet. But that's you're asking, that's Melbourne Storm, Penrith type mm-hmm. lines. And we've both got, I think you said it to me, I've got Sharks top four. I was blown away by it. But then when you look at them and how they're playing, they are top four quality at the moment, which is great for our future bonus bet at the start because they're making the eight this year. They will be there this time. Injuries obviously can play a part, but their best player last year, Will Kennedy, we're not even talking about him. He's on another level. He's, he's, he's doing a role. Braley looking silky there again. Whether or not this is enough for plus 17 and a half, put it this way, if it gets any shorter, we'll jump on the Sharkies. I just think at this point in time, you know, the Tigers may have enough to stick in it. I think so as well. Yeah, I, I just think, yeah, game time decision. It, and again, it's one of those, those Sunday games where a lot can happen, you know, a lot of movement in the line. So Lots of movement in the lines. I think we're forecasting a wet weather once again here in Sydney. It's a big line. Anything could happen. I think the Tigers are the type of team that'll just put you in the gutter, make it a shitty contest. So I like it. And to the yep. Sharks, top four, I like it. And I think we're not going to dive into it right now, but the scary thing for me is Moylan, Fafita, these big guys that are on big contracts, they come off that soon. They're going to open up some cap space. They're going to be able to top up guys and maybe yep. go into the market. So really good time to be a Sharks fan. Mate, our boys, last game of the round, 6.15 on a Sunday. Canary-Bankstown Bulldogs host Penrith Panthers. And this is officially the biggest line we've seen so far this season, 20.5. Yes, this is more um, familiar to me, this line. And I'm on Panthers minus 20 and a half. It's huge. Flanagan at seven. Mm. It's a big no from me. That kid shouldn't have even gone near a first grade team in any team in the comp. He's there for one reason, because his dad's Shane Flanagan. And much like Jacob Arthur, they should not be playing first grade. Full stop. They are first grade quality. Just forget about it. I hate seeing kids where daddy's a coach getting these runs when I'm sure for every player that Flanagan and Jacob Arthur have played around and been, three or four of them have missed out. 
and it just it stinks. It absolutely stinks. Flanagan at seven is enough for me to not even think or talk about this line anymore. It's not going to happen. There we go. I feel sorry for our boy Birdo. He's just getting slaughtered. Tries hard every week. And then, you know, Barrett, Barrett's not a, I don't think Barrett's a first grade coach. I really don't. They've got enough quality in their team to not be beaten by that margin and to not be losing as many games as what they have. And he's just, he's got this get out clause of, oh, we're in this rebuilding phase. And it's like, well, yes, you are. But there's a lot of players there that you've signed in this phase like what are you gonna like who, who are they getting next year is it reed marnie reed marnie and kicker big Army. so you mean to tell me that they're all of a sudden going to propel you into being you know premiership winning team they still don't have a half yep they still don't have a half and i've already harped on about that yep yeah i just think you know we talked about pick and stick this isn't picking and sticking. You've had three halves now pairing Burden. And, you know, Addo Carr hasn't scored a try yet either. It's just... Yeah, I wonder how he's feeling. I wonder how he's feeling. That's an interesting one. You can't tell him folks don't regret it. You yeah. can't. Like, what was Addo Carr thinking last week? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh I just don't. Oh, yeah, look, I'll, you know, we'll get on to our boys. Cleary was rusty. Cleary was rusty, and he still had that presence on the field. He still felt that they were going to win. I, I don't know. I just There was just never panic. I think the first rounds with him being out, there was that sort of like throwing the ball around or whatever, and, you know, it just didn't appear to have that again. I'm going to call it early, and I know you probably think it's biased, but I've got us going back to back again. Love it. I, I, you know, it was good to see Cleary back and how the team's going. I don't want to see um, Palin May get dropped. There's a couple of times there where he scored tries and he shouldn't have. He just finds a way to score. He's a big kid, strong. It's, you know, he's got a bit of height, which is, which is good. You know, he's not a, a sort of stumpy fellow like Toto is. So he does have that slight aerial threat and he gets, he gets along well with Tago. So, yeah, I've got the Panthers minus 20 and a half. And I think that we do it much like the Storm. Don't be surprised if that blows out because they tend to when they're that lot, they're that big. There we go. See that going half or something, but I'm still on them. Wow. Okay. Yep. Penrith. I'm. I don't have anything to say. I 100% agree with everything you've said. They speak for themselves. For the Bulldogs, I don't want to keep banging the same drum, and I feel sorry for the fans. But I, I said the same thing at the start of the year. Just please pick and stick. Birdo at six. Avrilo's trained the whole preseason, the whole offseason at seven. He lost two rounds. They bring in Wakeham. Now they've Wakeham again, Funnigan. I, I just don't know what to say. I just, yeah, I think yeah. we ended at that. It's see what they do this week. That's all I can say. So that is rugby league, mate. Round five. I can't wait. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, our best bet of the week brought to you by Top Sport. Use the, use the promo code playbook, P-L-A-Y-B-O-O-K, playbook. All the top offers, all the top odds. Only at Top Sport. We've got our little top four throbbers, futures multi that we believe in, you could say. This week, Paramount Eels to win head-to-head. Cronulla Sharks to win head-to-head. Penrith Panthers and Melbourne Storm both to win head-to-head. Four legs, $2.05 with a little top-up token. Nice little double up. Get back into the grind and get some more money in the kitty for charity. So, mate, I'll hand it over to you. The Masters, this, in 24 hours, the Masters Augusta, 
We're going to have a little play. Tiger Woods is back, $51. It's worth a tenner. Personally, my last comments are, I like him to make cut at $2. That's a double up. But talk to our, our listeners or your thoughts on what's going to happen this weekend, who we like. We're going to have a few top 10 players um, that we'll post, obviously, on the playbook. So all funds going towards charity, top sport. Christian, talk to me, mate. Having a bet this week? Top this. Top Sport offers hundreds of markets to choose from across the best local and international sport and racing. And they'll let you on for plenty. Top that. Visit topsport.com.au. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Gamble responsibly. So, yeah, golf's probably my second true love. Grew up with it. Um, played it since, you know, I could basically walk. Although my handicap doesn't probably represent that. Um, I've got probably four players who I think are red hot to win, but we are going to put it on the win. I don't think we've decided. I don't, I liken picking the Masters winner to like sort of picking the Melbourne Cup. It's too difficult um, and it's more luck than, you know, anything else if you do manage to pick it. You've got to sort of look at the course that is Augusta and we've had some COVID things that have happened in the past and it's not traditionally, it's traditionally played at this time of year and the course is groomed accordingly being very prestigious and members only and stuff like that. They, this is all that they work the course towards is this, these four days of play. It favors guys who can bomb the ball. And I'm not talking Bryson bomb. I'm just talking straight and long. Mm-hmm. I'm not cutting corners, finding, <laughs> finding shit. And which allows them to essentially hit shorter shots into greens, coming in higher, stopping quicker, because generally speaking, the greens are lightning fast. And Augusta's designed in a way where if you can't find your spot on the green, you're going to be penalised. So I've kept that in mind as well. So I've narrowed it down to four players. Some are obviously pretty obvious and others not so much. So I'll start with our boy Cam Smith because – I've got, I've got a bit of a hard-on for Cam at the moment. Come off the players. I just really liked what he did to win that. Ability to avoid three putts. His ability to get up and down when he misses greens is second to none. And then to see what I saw from him in the players, which was pretty steely determination and didn't panic. He found the water on the 18th. You know, takes a drop, sticks it within three foot, makes the putt to win his first major. It's pretty clutch. Massive. And a lot of players would probably run the opposite direction and fail that. And he just, yeah, really impressed me there. Um, And like I said, he's got that ability to sort of, when he does find trouble, not be penalised and it'll keep him in the running. Definitely, definitely top 10 red hot chance there. That's $2.50 just for the listeners at home. That's great value, great value. He does, you know, if you're looking at someone to win it, probably, you know, as much as I'd love that to happen, be the second Aussie to do it, it's tough. The only player I believe to win the players into the Masters is Tiger, man himself, which we'll touch on later. So he's got a big, big, you know, task ahead of him there. You know, the only bloke to do it being the GOAT. My second pick is the new world number one, Scotty Scheffler. Fresh off his um, match play world championship victory um scotty i think he's won some other tournaments this year as well he's got the complete game you know rarely finds trouble nice around the greens uh yeah basically pretty obvious one there i think with the world number one it's another two dollars fifty banger 
Yeah, again. So that's pretty good for world number one. You'd think he'd be up there sniffing. But yeah, so see how Scotty goes. Watch him. Uh, the third one, you know, I think he's going to be able to prove a point. I think he's only around the corner from winning another major. He's John Rahm. He hits the ball an absolute mile. And again, harping on it, you know, allows him to hit short shots in. Very good with the flat stick. Um, yeah, red hot there for John Rahm to make a statement and get him probably without knowing the world rankings that are probably getting back in the world number one status, which I know mattered to him a lot. It actually, yeah, he, he's mentioned how much he really wanted that number one and for Scheffler to take it from him so quickly or pretty quickly, he probably wouldn't be too happy about. The other guy who I really like his ability to miss three, but avoid three putt circumstances. I think he's top 10 for scrambling on the tour is Patrick Cantlay. He's always sniffing. He's pretty, pretty regular sort of um, top 10 finisher, much like Rahm. In those circumstances, he can hit the ball an absolute mile. I really like what, what's between the ears with Patrick as well. Um, just seems pretty level-headed and he's not going to sort of do anything that's silly. I think he missed the cut last year, which was surprising. So I dare say he'd probably want to, um, he'd probably want to make amends for that this year and show that he's up there with the game's elite. And yeah. Definitely a top 10 chance there. I don't know what, what's he paying. Mate, so we've got Patrick Cantley, $3. More value than the others. There you yeah, go. Yeah. To your, sorry to bunny, your John Rahm um, opinions. And yeah, $2.20 for him. Obviously a bit lower, but he's, I don't know as much. You're our golf guy. You're the playbooks golf guy. I'm, mate, I'm over here to sign a dart at a bloody dartboard. But my understanding is this course suits John Rahm to a T. Yeah. So, um, Definitely. Yeah. Um, so... They're probably the four guys that, you know, we're probably looking at worthwhile for top tens. I mean, you're going to get your money back doubled and plus some. So I like them. Now I'm going to go three outsiders. You know, a couple of them are just because I like them and for other reasons as well. I've got Matthew Fitzpatrick, the pommy, the pommy fella. He's, he's great, with, great with the wedge in his hands. Again, we're talking about that ability to sort of avoid bogey when you miss a green. Um, it's really important at Augusta. He's great with the flat stick as well. So you probably notice a trend here. They're either big, long hitters or they're really good at when Augusta chews you up and spits you out to avoid big penalties because it happens. You'll, you know, I think you'll be watching it a lot more keener this year and you'll understand exactly what I'm saying. Guys will be hitting shots in nowhere near the pin and the ball will just start rolling and it's, it's a mind of its own. The, the hazards are basically placed accordingly. So if you can't hit your spots on the greens, you're going to want to have a good up and down game. And most of these blokes have that. In saying that, this guy, Aussie fella, um, you wouldn't think of it because of his name, but follow him on social media. I've seen him in some of the lower tournaments around. And Minwoo Lee, I've been following him for a long time. I just really like this story. It's his first Masters appearance. I actually posted on my Instagram a little snippet of him driving into Magnolia Lane for the first time. It gave me goosebumps. This, this kid's just been begging for this his whole entire life. And I think he's actually one of the best ball strikers on the tour at the moment. He won the Scottish Open not long ago. The kid can play golf. He's obviously a long, long shot. He probably might be worthwhile seeing what he's to make the cut. Um, he's got the game to do it. He can hit the ball a mile. You know, if he can just make some greens in regulation, I think the rest will take care of itself. And, you know, he'll at least see the four days out. So big fan of Minwoo. Mate, that's um, $19, top 10. 
Top 10, $19. I'll get the um, cut for you in a sec, but we talk about value here. Come to daddy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, it's a big it's a big ask. You know, the occasion can easily get the better of them. And a lot of guys talk about Augusta. You sort of need a few looks at it before you really can sort of tame the beast. You know, that's why Tiger tends to get around with relative ease majority of the time is because he knows it like the back of his hand. So it may, Minwoo may, may struggle, um, make a fist of it. I'm looking at him more to make the cut. But, you know, it, as I said, it's like picking the Melbourne Cup. So really got to... um. Got to get a bit of luck involved here at nine bucks. If you want to take it on, I'll, you know, I'd be more than happy to hear people say they did and it come off because, yeah, big fan of um, Min Wu. He's just a top fellow on and off the field. Worth a follow on Instagram too. Beautiful. I can't find him right now on top sport to make the cut, but that might happen in the next few hours. Yeah. But- and we'll save the best for last, I think. Our boy, the goat, you know, tiger. Love it. You've got to be part of the fairy tale, though, don't you? Like, 14 months ago, has a car crash on the way to some motivational speech or something that he was doing because he was running late and, you know, arguably close to dying. You know, I just think you've got to chuck money on him to win um, and be part of the fairy tale if it happens. It's Tiger. He speaks for himself. I've already mentioned that he knows the course like the back of his hand. Um, If someone knows where to hit it, it's him. And, yeah, if he's up around that leaderboard on the final day, it's going to be tough going for anyone else because he knows how to win majors. And, yeah, I can't. It's Tiger. It's like speaking about Michael Jordan. Yeah, you've got to be on it. As you said, $51 outright to win. We've got here, mate, $6 for a top 10 and $3. $3 for a top 20. Am I on that three-bucker at top 20 at all? Um, you'd think Tiger knows how to make enough birdies on this course um, to at least be top 20 worthy. Can't wait, mate, 24 hours to go. Masters played when it should be. Spectators are back. It's just good golf. There's nothing better than that music and Jeff Nance introducing everyone and let's go. Mate, I've got two quick questions about golfers and I'll let you go. Sorry, I sprung you on surprise. We talked off air about this, but... Talk to me about Colin Morikawa. As I said, I'm not the biggest golf guy, but I've done a bit of research over the last, you know, last night. I've just put a few thoughts together, mate. Colin, talk to me. So I think I mentioned to you that if Colin's up there and, you know, obviously sniffing around, you can probably guarantee that there's a few things that are happening, and that is that he's finding some greens in regulation and that he's putting really well. He's not really great with the, the flat stick. I know he's had some issues. Um, he's changed up his grip. I think he's changed his putter a few times. It's never really good when you see a pro doing that. Drive for show, putt for dough. It, it, it does reign true even at the highest levels. Best guys have always been the best putters. It's why Tiger's the GOAT. It's the most over, you know, part of Tiger's game, and it sort of reflects if, you know, accordingly on everyone else. If you're a good putter, you're going to win tournaments. Unfortunately for Colin, he's not. But if his putter is red hot, he has every chance in winning the Masters. He's won majors before. He's one of the best ball strikers on on tour, particularly with his irons. Um, yeah, he's very much a player who, if he's on that first page of the leaderboard, say round three, round four, you know, start before the start of round four, have a look at how much he's paying because he's probably going to string together something and, you know, it could be a red or chance. Beautiful. One of my favorites, mate, Spieth-y, Jordan Spieth. Give me a, just a few words on him and we'll, um, we'll, wrap, we'll wrap the show up. He's very much like Colin. Um, his issues 
lie away from the greens. He's one of the best putters on tour. Tour. Very, very good short game. He's just, I think he's got some swing issues that are fundamentally sort of not what you'd, you'd see a pro golfer have. Um, I won't get into them really, but, yep. you know, if if that all sort of comes together for him, much like Colin, um, with the flat stick, the putter, you know, if he's hitting his irons well, if he's hitting it well off the tee, if he's, you know, finding finding his spots, beats every chance. He's won majors before and proven that when he's hot, he's hot. So your two picks there, you know, just off off the cuff with, you know, the little that you, you're sort of saying you do know aren't, aren't too far off, mate. They're great. They're great picks. Morikawa um, and Spieth, very, very much that, those players that if they're hot, you've got to jump on. Probably not the players that I'd look to be picking at the start, well, at this point in their career, anyway, there would be. There was a time there where Spieth was just like you had to put money on him. Um, not so much anymore. Does love the majors. He's won them before. So, yeah, again, probably rounds three and four. Look where those guys are placed, and if you sort of think that they've got enough in the tank with the players that are around them, I'll be definitely chucking some cash on both of them, mate. Love it. Yeah, really appreciate that, mate. Ladies and gentlemen. Once again, Christian's picks, our picks, the playbook's picks. We're going to roll with four guys. We'll have it all on the playbook. We'll, um, we'll be chatting over the next 24 hours. Cam Smith. We like the top 10s. Top 10s, top 20s value. Cam Smith, $2.50. Scotty Scheffler, $2.50. John Ramp, $2.20. Patrick Cantley at $3. Few outsiders, Fitzpatrick, Minru Lee, and the Goat Tiger. Stay tuned. Bring on the Masters. What a show, bro. I've, I've had an absolute blast. This is it's my favorite one so far. So. Gonna have to have a rest after this, mate. It's been pretty, um, pretty full. Yeah, plenty to digest there, and I'm, I'm really sort of hoping that we can bring a bit more of this stuff to everyone and get everyone on board. And like I say every week, you know, if you don't agree with something we're saying, engage us. We can, you know, go over it in the next potty, and we do not mind being proven wrong. Is what I can, you know, I can't say it enough. I don't. I love when people want to have a crack and say, you know you're completely wrong because I'm more than happy to talk about it. Yeah, perfect. Mate, I really appreciate appreciate all your time today. It's been a long show, but we'll get this edited up, available on all podcasting streams. And um, yeah, next week we'll touch base on the Masters, little review, Rugby League, round five. I can't wait. This show brought to you by Top Sport as always, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks again, mate. Really appreciate it. Thanks, mate. All right, catch ya. Enjoy, guys. Thank you for listening to Paddy's Playable. If you enjoyed this episode, head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's much appreciated. Don't forget to check out our Instagram page, at Paddy's Playbook. We post fun, engaging content every single day. Once again, we really appreciate your support. See you next time. Let's go.